Blog Talk Radio. Hello there, it's time for another edition of Parenting Your Challenging Child. Dr. Ross Green coming to you live from the offices of Lives in the Balance here in Portland, Maine. Welcome to another program. I'm going to bring on my co-host, Susie. How are you today? Good morning. I'm great, thanks. How are you? I am well. Um, I've got something on my mind today, though. We've got a bunch of email to respond to. And, um, of course, people are always welcome to call in. That number is 347-994-2981. We've got the mom from California who may be calling in for us to help her do the assessment of lagging skills and unsolved problems. But until she does, she hasn't called in yet, until she does, um, spanking's been in the news, and... um, People can certainly call in and comment on that as well. But spanking, um, and this is a good thing that spanking is back in the news, nothing like having a famous football player um, take a switch to his own kid and leave marks on his leg to have us talking about spanking again. And whenever this comes up, and of course it comes up and then it disappears and then it comes up again and then it disappears, um, it's always interesting to see people's comments on spanking. Um, I've heard some fascinating things and read some fascinating things related to how spanking is an act of love. Uh, I heard a guy on the radio saying that the reason you should use a switch to hit your kid is because your hand is supposed to be loving, and therefore you should never hit with your hand, always with um, some other object. And um, I'm always finding this stuff to be fascinating. We've, We've also seen people in the news recently being referred to, this has become a cliché, being referred to as tone-deaf on a particular issue. And my take on what tone-deaf means is that they may be lacking the information they need to actually be speaking with, um, well, with the information they need on a particular topic. And so when a star football player says that he's just doing what his parents did to him, um, Some people have called that tone-deaf. When that same football player says that um, he may be a lot of things, but one thing he's not is an abuser, a child abuser. Um, Some people have referred to that as tone-deaf. One of the uh, commentators on uh, one of the weekend uh, programs for the National Football League became quite emotional on the topic and said, you know, uh, his mom taught him a lot of things and did a lot of things, but he now knows that some of the things his mom taught him and some of the things his mom did were wrong and that we've learned a lot in the last 30 years. It almost felt like he'd been on the Lives in the Balance website, some of the things he was saying. And um, he, 
We've learned a lot in the last 30 years, and times have changed. And yes, it does feel like there are some people who um, are not aware of the mountain of research that has accumulated, telling us the damage done by um, corporal punishment with kids. Now, one of the first programs we did on the Issues in Mental Health radio program was with Robin Peters Bennett, who also was one of the keynote speakers at last year's uh, annual summit for Lives in the Balance. Um, I just discovered over the weekend that the video of Robin's keynote um, is not on the Lives in the Balance website. I thought that it was, so we are working hard to get that uh, put up there, that slipped to the crack, so that people can hear what Robin has to say about corporal punishment and the damage done. Um, you know, at a very basic level, one thing's for certain. Um, hitting a kid, whether it's with your hand or with a switch or with a paddle at school, doesn't teach the kid the skills he's lacking, doesn't solve the problems that are contributing to the behaviors that are causing people to hit the kid in the first place. For me, given all the damage done and all that hitting a kid doesn't accomplish, it just makes no sense whatsoever. Susie, I'm betting you feel the exact same way, but um, what do you think? Well, I couldn't have said it better myself. Um, Having grown up with spankings and beatings, um, I I feel very emotional about this issue. And um, I knew that I wanted to have children, and I knew that uh, hitting my children was not something that I wanted to do. And that's the beauty of the model in that you are teaching skills and solving problems together, working with your child collaboratively and proactively, and you're a team um, and there's a positive outcome as opposed to um, all of the terrible ramifications that come for someone that has endured spankings. I figured you'd have an opinion on that. Um, the uh, person on the NFL today, by the way, who said some very powerful things is Shannon Sharp, former NFL player. Um, All right, I think we've covered spanking yet again, but I will make sure that the video of Robin speaking at the 2013 summit does get posted on the Lives in the Balance website so that um, people can watch her. She's really a very poignant speaker. Truth is she's done a TEDx talk as well, So that might be another way to find her. And to tell you the truth, what I can make sure happens is that Robin's, um, 
Actually, I think if you go to the link for her website on the 2013 Summit section, you can view her TEDx talk, which is only 10 minutes. So we want to make sure that the entire talk she did at the uh, 2013 Summit um, is up as well on the website. But um, she has been a major contributor to stophitting.org. So if this is a subject on which any of our listeners uh, feel passionately, there are certainly other ways to get involved on the issue. We now have our mom on the phone with us, and let's see if she needs our help filling out the assessment of lagging skills and unsolved problems for her daughter. Mom, how are you today? I'm okay. How are you? Doing okay and very eager to help you get the ball rolling. Okay. Is that that still what you want our help with today? I mean, if you wouldn't mind spending a few minutes with me on that, that would be fantastic. I think it would be an outstanding use of our time on this program. Okay. Terrific. So here's how you do it. Okay. Do you have the ALSIP in front of you? Yes, I do. And by the way, those of you who are listening um, may not know this, so I'll make sure that you do. You can find the assessment of lagging skills and unsolved problems on the Lives in the Balance website. Uh, Just like 99.9% of everything else on the website, it is free. What you do is you log on to livesinthebalance.org, go to the resources section. It's one of the links in the upper right-hand corner. You go to resources, and then after you've clicked on resources, you go to the paperwork section. And then in the paperwork section, the first thing in bold is the assessment of lagging skills and unsolved problems. And basically it's got a list of lagging skills down the left-hand side, and a list uh, and a place to write in unsolved problems on the right-hand side. And mom, just to give you a brief introduction here, we're going to start with the first lagging skill at the top, difficulty handling transitions, shifting from one mindset or task to another. And we're going to see if that applies to your daughter. Remind me, she's 10 years old or 12 years old. I can't remember what she's you told 10. us last week. She's 10. Um, and then if you say, yes, that's a skill she has difficulty with, we're going to check it off. And one of the things that I always say about the ALSIP is that checking off lagging skills is the easy part. Writing in unsolved problems is the hard part. So for any lagging skill, and I'm going to call your daughter. What am I going to call your daughter? I'm going to call your daughter Debbie. How's that? Okay. Perfect. I'm gonna. I've taken a shot in the dark here, and I'm assuming that Debbie is not her real name. That's right. Good. So we're <laughs> going to be talking about Debbie during this phone call. What I'm going to do is say to you, for any lagging skill that you've checked off, I'm going to say, um, can you give me some examples of times when she's having, when Debbie is having difficulty? And in this case, if we had checked off difficulty handling transitions. Debbie is having difficulty handling transitions. And the minute we start talking about examples of times that Debbie is having difficulty handling transitions, we are now talking about unsolved problems. What's an unsolved problem? A specific expectation Debbie is having difficulty meeting in association with a particular lagging skill. 
And now here's the other thing I'm going to ask, uh, th- that I'm going to point out to people, something new on the Lives in a Balance website, relatively new, right underneath on the, in the paperwork section, right underneath the assessment of lagging skills and unsolved problems is the newly revised ALSIP guide. It's the guide for writing unsolved. It's the guidelines for completing the ALSIP. And um, there's a few guidelines for the unsolved problems, uh, and I'm going to review them really quickly. They all begin with the word difficulty. They should contain no reference, and I'll help you out with this, they contain no reference to the child's challenging behaviors. So the unsolved problem is not a behavior. It is an unmet expectation, not the behavior the child is exhibiting when they're having difficulty meeting the expectation. There's not going to be any theories or assumptions in there, and we're going to split them, not clump them. And so the nice thing about you being willing to do this on the live with us this morning on the air is that lots of people are going to hear how it's done, and they will be helped by you learning how to do it with your 10-year-old daughter, now named Debbie. So shall we begin? Yes. Difficult, does Debbie have difficulty handling transitions, shifting from one mindset or task to another? I, so I would say yes. It's not the most glaring of the issues. Um, okay. And I... I, I have two. I, there are two areas where I think she struggles with this. Although one of them, I, I wasn't sure if it belongs in here, because I think it's related to another one of her challenges, uh, which Got is it. difficulty um, turning off the TV when it's time. And I think that, Got but it. I, I, it's related to a struggle with what to do next, like free, managing free time. So I wasn't sure if it belonged there or not. Got it. Well, here's the nice part. First of all, we would check off difficulty handling transitions. And then really whatever came to mind for you as you're thinking about that, we're not going to worry at all, believe it or not, about whether another lagging skill explains that unsolved problem better. We're actually going to operate on the assumption that multiple lagging skills could contribute to the same unsolved problem. So we're not going to be worried about that part. But now let's think about the wording of those. And, and by the way, another thing that you brought up, as long as we're talking about it, we're not going to cherry pick, as I call it, lagging skills, which would cause us to bounce from one to another. We're actually going to go down the list in order because we want to make sure that we're as comprehensive as possible. And I find that when people are cherry picking, bouncing from one lagging skill to another, we frequently miss stuff. And quite frankly, our goal in completing the ALSIP is to not miss anything, to come up with the most comprehensive sense of the skills Debbie is lacking, and also with uh, the most comprehensive list of unsolved problems that we could possibly come up with. And, And so now let me just say a few more things about that before we keep going. We're getting a lot out of the way here before we actually write an unsolved problem. Um... Many people feel overwhelmed by the sheer number of problems they identify. But I always say right after they get through feeling overwhelmed, they actually start feeling a little less overwhelmed because here's, here's the definition of being really, really overwhelmed. There are so many unsolved problems to work on and you don't know what they are. Here's the definition of only being really overwhelmed. There are lots of unsolved problems and you do know what they are. So actually... 
identifying unsolved problems helps people start feeling less overwhelmed because finally they know the problems that need to be solved so as to start making a dent in challenging episodes. So now let's go back to Debbie. You said that Debbie sometimes has difficulty turning off the TV. Yes? Yes. Does that happen in any particular time? Um, I think or when I, she's supposed to move on to anything else in particular? Right. I think I think it's harder when when she doesn't know what the next thing to move on to is. Right? So if she ha- is excited about the next activity, it would be easier to turn off the TV. But if the mm-hmm. next activity is unstructured or unplanned or something she doesn't want to do, then that, it's much harder to turn off the TV. All right. So that's a potential theory or assumption. Okay. It might not be a theory or assumption. So I'm going to ask you what I always ask when there's a potential theory or assumption in play. How sure are you that it's when she's uncertain or unenthusiastic about what happens next? And here's the definition of certain. She has said it is the ultimate definition of certain. I don't want to turn off the TV because I don't like what I'm doing next, or I'm not turning off the TV because I don't know what I'm doing next. So the most, the, the highest level of certainty is it's actually come out of her mouth. Do you have right. that level of certainty? Oh, that's so hard to know. Um I don't know. I guess what I've mostly heard is if she's in the middle of an exciting program, she certainly doesn't want to turn it off. But then even when the program's over, she may not want to turn it off. So I don't think I have that level of certainty. Got Um, it. Yeah, okay. So we wouldn't write that part in, but I'm also hearing about other things that could make it hard for the turn off to TV. Um, You have heard her say that she's in the middle of a program, yes? Mm Mm-hmm. I'd write that one in. Difficulty turning off the TV when in the middle of a program. Okay. Now, the big question is what to do about the other times that she's having difficulty turning off the TV. And and what I'm doing here is splitting it. I get it. There could be a variety of different reasons that she has difficulty turning off the TV. My question is, are we certain enough about any of them And there's one that we are certain about. She has difficulty turning off the TV even when the TV program is over. Yes? Yes. I think I'd write that one in. Difficulty turning off the TV when the program is over. And I think it's through that one that we might find out about that she's not certain about what's happening next or that she's not... um, Uh, enthusiastic about what she's supposed to move on to. So I think I would run with those two unsolved problems. And by the way, Mom, one of the first things you're going to notice is that there's not enough room in the space provided on the front of the LSEP to write in all the unsolved problems. So you might need a different sheet of paper. Yep. Now, next thing. Um, we might think that we are done with that lagging skill now that we have two unsolved problems for it, but the reality is we want to exhaust that lagging skill. Are there, there was another time that you mentioned that she has difficulty making transitions. What was that one? Uh, it's difficulty get, starting to get ready for bed. Got it. You, you've got that one worded perfectly. Okay. Difficulty 
getting started, at getting ready for bed. Now, the only thing I'm just being picky here you want to think about is, do you need the getting started part in there, or do you just want difficulty getting ready for bed at night? Your call, judgment call, um, whatever you pick. I would keep started in there because once she gets started, she's usually wow. okay. It's Perfect. just that initial, yeah. Great. Difficulty okay. getting started at getting ready for bed at night. Great unsolved problem. Now okay. we have three. Are we done with that lagging skill yet? Nope. Are there any more examples of times that she's having difficulty handling transitions or shifting from one mindset or task to another? Uh, well, there's another one. It's not such a big one, but she sometimes has trouble sort of settling down to do her homework after school. Not always, but sometimes. Well, and here's the thing about not always. Um, if an unsolved problem is causing difficulty one out of every ten times, I'm still interested. Okay. Because in many families, yours might be one of them, that one out of ten is still really awful. And so even though you've only got 10% odds on it being really awful, um, that's 10% too much. So we'll take 10 percenters. Um, given okay, it's definitely more than that. So, yes, that, I, I guess exactly. so Now you know the litmus test, and if it's, if it's higher than that, then there's no argument, right? It's, right. I it's, guess, it's an unsolved I guess problem. I'm thinking about the times when she was able to come home and just do it, which were so incredible, but it, it just doesn't happen all the time. So. Yep. Okay. <clears throat> all right. Any, and notice I'm still not moving on. Any other times that she has difficulty handling transitions or shifting from one mindset or task to another? Um, I can't think of any other ones. We are now done with that lagging skill. Okay. <clears throat> Let's move on to the next one. Susie, any comments so far? Um, no, not really. Just... Uh trying not to get overwhelmed with the list. Um, like you said, it's once you have your list, you're in a much better position and you know what you're dealing with. And then you can prioritize. All right, Mom. Oh, here's yeah. another thing I should add. I don't think... we're. I'm, I'm betting, we're, and we're not going to do it all on the program, but... Um, we're going we're gonna to get you a good start here. Mm-hmm. And then if you want to finish the ALSIP independently, you're welcome to call into the program again next week. We're going to do a few more, though, to tell us what else you came up with. Okay. Or you're welcome to email it to Lives in the Balance. Go to the contact form on the Lives in the Balance website, um, and you'll get an email to mail it to. Email it to, and we can go over some more next week. And then, depending on, totally depending on how often you want to call in, we can help you start doing Plan B on these unsolved problems. So we're happy to help you in whatever way you need help. Um, but let's keep going, shall we? Okay, terrific, yes. Difficulty doing things in a logical sequence or prescribed order is the next lagging skill. What do you think? I, I, that doesn't ring 
true to me uh, for her okay. in terms of her behavior. No, I, I think Got she's it. okay with that. Yeah. Got it. Difficulty yeah. persisting on challenging or tedious tasks. Yes, <laughs> that's a yes. <clears throat> so that's that's a that's a very yes one. Yeah. So we would we would check that one off. And as you now know. The next thing is to say, now as you've noticed, we're not going to keep moving down once we've checked one off. It's only if we don't check one off that we move one down, that we move down. But if we do check one off, we move over. That's what those arrows in the middle of the LSIP depict, the flow of conversation across the page. Um, can you give me some examples of times when Deborah has difficulty persisting on challenging or tedious tasks. And now, once again, we're talking about unsolved problems. What are some examples? Um, so I guess it would be homework again. Um, if if the homework seems too difficult for her, um, she she won't want to complete it or she'll fall apart or want help, uh, but not just help, want, um, want us to really, I, I would say, give her the answers. <laughs> it's what it feels like to me. I don't know. But she has trouble Got with it. the homework when she can't finish it, when she can't, Got it. when the answer doesn't come to her, yeah. Got it. So what I would ask you to do here is be more specific. Okay. Um, and you may feel that you've been specific already, like when the answer doesn't come with her, but in this case, I think we want to be more specific about the homework assignments that she tends to have difficulty with. Are there specific subject areas in particular or tasks within a subject area that seem especially difficult for her? Yes, her math homework. Difficulty completing math homework. And now we could write that in, but I'm going to just see if we can be even more specific than that. Are there parts of her math homework that she can do and parts of her math homework that she can't? Um, probably yes, but I don't know. The, I don't know the distinction. Got it. So you have two options there. You can write in difficulty completing math homework and run with that, or you can pay a little bit closer attention over the next week to the specific math uh, tasks she's having difficulty with and not having difficulty with so as to make that one more specific. But for the moment, we've got a pretty specific unsolved problem, difficulty completing math homework. Good? Yes, good. Any any other homework that she's having trouble completing? Um, yeah, uh, writing assignments. Got it. I would say. And so once again, you'd have the option. That's a great unsolved problem, difficulty completing writing assignments for homework. But if you want to be more specific than that, just so that she makes sure. Now, and here's the other thing I haven't said. The wording of the unsolved problem is frequently going to translate into how you the words you use to introduce the unsolved problem to Deborah when it comes time for you to start trying to solve the problem together. And so here's how it would sound. The introduction usually starts with the words, I've noticed that, and ends with the words, what's up? So in this case it would be, I've noticed you have difficulty completing writing assignments for homework, what's up? So the wording helps. I'm, quite frankly, learning quite a bit about Deborah here, which is very cool. Um, one of the things we always hope happens, and I'm, I apologize for the editorial comments as we're going here, but uh, I want to make sure that people who listen to this program know that there's a lot going on here. 
first of all, notice that we're not talking about challenging behaviors. So, you know, we could be spending our time talking about what Deborah does when she's having trouble completing writing assignments for homework, but that's not part of the unsolved problem, and that, that isn't the unsolved problem. That's just what she does in response to the unsolved problem. But what's setting the behaviors in motion are the things we're talking about right now. She has difficulty persisting on challenging or tedious tasks. That's the lagging skill. And she has difficulty completing homework for math, uh, math for homework and difficulty completing writing assignments for homework. The nice thing that starts to happen here is we start to get a decent picture of when during the day Debbie is likely to run into trouble which is a wonderful thing to know because then we also know what problems we need to start solving and what problems we especially need to know more about so that they don't cause challenging episodes anymore. Uh, boy, I, you got me curious now. I'm, I'm dying to know what's getting in the way for Debbie on completing challenging or tedious, uh, completing writing assignments for homework. Dying to know what's hard for her about the math homework that she's trying to complete and very eager to know what's getting in her way in getting ready for bed at night and uh, turning the TV off to move on to the next thing. Uh, we're going to learn a lot about Debbie once we get through this part, which is writing a good unsolved problem. Does that all make sense? Yes, it does. Good. Any other times that Debbie has difficulty persisting on challenging or tedious tasks? Yes. Um, well, uh, she just quit soccer, so I think that was one. So difficulty pursuing soccer um, when it got hard, I guess I would, I don't know. Well, and the interesting yeah. thing is, I don't know if we know that it's when it got hard. See, this okay. is, unless she's said that, and then you do know, but if she hasn't said that, that this is, for me, the greatest adventure, and I know that you're living through tough times right now, so it's hard to think of it as an adventure, but um, maybe someday you'll be looking in the rearview mirror and you'll be thinking that this was quite the adventure, um, probably not the word you'd use right now. No. <laughs> um, but learning about Debbie is really exciting because there's things we don't know. And it's going to be impossible to solve these problems until we do know. And the more we know about what's getting in Debbie's way, the more able we are to help her navigate her way through these problems and come up with solutions. So long as we don't know, the problems remain unsolved and the pile of unsolved problems remains high. I can't wait to get to know Debbie. I can't wait. If, if you're willing to continue calling in, I can't wait to learn about Debbie and what's getting in her way on these things. It's an adventure. What, so o- what other things does she... Go ahead, sorry. We actually uh, attempted a, a plan B around the summer, okay. um, which was, I, I don't think it was as successful as I was hoping, but we did learn a little bit about um, why she wanted to quit, and then we 
we we said it was okay to, for her to eventually to quit. I mean, her reasoning was significant enough or valid enough to us. Um, but we may have jumped the gun a little bit, but it was a, sort of a, a situation that emerged because, you know, she had joined a team and then wanted to leave it. So um, we had to deal with it in the moment. So um, So we did, and we did learn a little bit about it, that it was – a tough team, a much more serious team than she's used to, that the skills were too hard for her, the soccer skills and what the coach was very serious coach and wanted to instill that she feels like she was the worst player and it's embarrassing for her when the ball comes to her and she doesn't get it and then she's worried that kids are going to yell at her. Um, but I do think that there's an element of this in here, this that it, it's hard and when it, things don't come easily, it's hard to continue on with them, mm-hmm. you know. There was there was more to it than that, but I think that that was an element to it, is what it sounded like to me. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Um, any other times that she had, notice we don't let go of the lagging skill until we feel like we've gotten exhaustive coverage of it. And the truth is, um, I think there's a reason it sounded like we might want to put an exclamation point after that one. Yeah. Um, Debbie does have a lot of difficulty persisting on challenging her tedious tasks. Here's the interesting thing. While that is a good thing to know about her, I don't think we yet completely understand what's difficult about it for her. And that we'd have to get from her. Um, And that's why I'm really interested in learning more about Debbie. Other times that she's having difficulty persisting on challenging or tedious tasks? Yeah, I would say even in playtime, you know, um, she she was building a structure, and if it wasn't going her way, that was an explosion. Or doing working on an art project, and if she couldn't draw something the way she wanted it, you know, that would turn into an explosion. This is interesting. I mean, I'm I'm learning a lot about Debbie already, and here's what I mean, and I'm not... Uh, this this would be a step backwards. What I'm about to say is a step backwards, but it actually sounds like Debbie has a somewhat perfectionistic quality to her, that if it's not going exactly the way she hoped it would, then she sort of throws in the towel. Does that resonate? Yeah, um, it's funny to to think of it that way only because... um you know, it, it doesn't feel like, you know, I, th- I think, I guess I, my idea of a perfectionist is someone who's really excelling and then is not as really hard on themselves. She's not excelling, so it's hard to imagine her as a perfectionist. But, yeah, um, I guess that's possible. Well, the, I know a lot of perfectionists who are not excelling because they're so perfectionistic that it's keeping them from persisting on much of anything. Hmm. So often lack of persistence is viewed as uh, in the effort department. When in fact a lot of kids who are having difficulty persisting, uh, the effort department is really not what's coming into play. Um, They're having trouble persisting because it's not turning out in the way that they had originally configured it would turn out. So there may be lots to learn about Debbie, 
related to how much of this is in the effort department versus whether there are other factors that are making it difficult for Debbie to put out the effort that she could put out if those things weren't getting in her way. Hmm. Interesting, eh? Yes. I tell you, I this is going to be an adventure. That. What's that? <laughs> I hadn't considered that, so that's um, that's something to think about. I know lots of perfectionists who are not excelling in the least hmm. because they have trouble doing much of anything unless it's perfect, or at least unless their product conforms to their own very high or very rigid expectations. So now you've got a jump start on completing the ALSIP. We're not going to be able to take you all the way through, but I do have a proposal for you. I mentioned it earlier. Do you want to take a stab at doing the rest of it and get it to me? Yeah, I would love to email it to you. I like that option. That would be terrific. Great. Scan it, email it. Um, if you go to the contact form on the Lives in the Balance website um, and say, please give me the email address to email the ELSIP to, um, you'll get the email address in a subsequent email. And we'll go from there. Perfect. All right. Thank you and so then, much, Dr. Green. You bet. Have a good rest of the week, and I can't wait to see what else you got. Okay. Thanks, Dr. Green. Take care. I'll Bye-bye. be in touch soon. Bye-bye. You bet. Well, I can't wait to get to know Debbie, even though that's not her real name. It looks like we're already having a much better understanding through use of the ALSIP. That's the goal. Tell me, were there, you know, thinking back to your heyday, as we'll call it, with your challenging kids, can, can you still remember the things that you were thinking that once you got to know them better, you stopped thinking those things and came to a different way of thinking about either of your two challenging ones? Um, I'm not quite sure what you're asking. Um, But I guess it was through the model's philosophy, children do well if they can. And when they can't, it must be because something's getting in their way. And that pretty much hit me in the face from the very beginning, and that's what helped change my lenses. Do you remember what you were thinking before that? Oh, sure, that I was... uh, doing a terrible job of parenting and I was just uh you know not being the boss I was actually being scolded by our therapist that um I was way too lenient and um my children had way too much say 
What do you think now? I can't think of any other way but to live and use the model in how I view children. And for that matter, adults, um, pretty much every situation it's carried over into. Um, I just wanted to say one thing about the caller. Sure. Who we just hung up with. Um, And she had mentioned that, oh, the plan B, they attempted a plan B talk about soccer, that it didn't go too well. But I just wanted to say try not to get discouraged for the unsuccessful times because even when they don't go so well, you're still learning from those conversations. And the main point is is that you're talking together. You know, it's two steps forward and one step back. I'm so glad you said that. Um, Very few people are great at plan B in the beginning. Um, it's an, it's an, for most people, it is a, an acquired art. Skill. People talk about it's having exactly acquired right. tastes, right? Yeah. Um, and it's hard in the beginning. Um, but as we always say, even when Plan B didn't go as well as one might have hoped, it's still working in other ways. We haven't quite hit the holy grail. The problem is solved, but it's working in other ways. Um, you and your, you're showing your kid that you care to understand. You're showing your kid that you are asking great questions that help us know the child and understand the problem better. The child is talking, we hope. All of those are great things and far preferable to the alternative uh, things that parents and kids do when they're having difficulty solving a problem together. Um, And so it's working even if it didn't go incredibly well. It's still working. Um, And all of that stuff that people feel isn't quite working yet because they haven't quite gotten to the holy grail eventually is going to serve them very well and help them get to the point where it actually does start working. Um, So I'm very glad you brought that up. Interesting that one of the things you used to think is that the problem was you and that you simply weren't being a good enough parent. Um, I think that's a natural way for people to feel when things aren't going well with a particular child. Of course, it also has a great deal to do with the hand you've been dealt. Um, what do you think about that these days? I think that's a, that can be a very difficult thing to accept, that accepting the hand that you've been dealt, that... We were talking a little bit about this last week, too, that your family does look different and um, you might not be 
sitting around the table having these fascinating dinner discussions. Um, But it's a family problem, and it the the model's so great because it depathologizes the child and it's um the parent and the child working together to uh come up with proactive solutions on that note we're going to call it a day should we do this again next week love to well, then I guess we're on. Uh, okay. That's what we'll do. Uh, Take that care. That finishes another edition of Parenting Your Challenging Child. Talk to you all next week. Bye, Susie. Bye-bye.